Hello, South Dakotans. Welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show, aiming to keep America, its citizens, and minds free. Now, here's your host, Daryl Root. Welcome, everyone, to the Dakota Rustler Show. Thank you, Arabelle, for that introductory voiceover. If any listeners out there need voiceover work done for your business, your podcast, or any other reason, catch the credits at the end of the show for Arabelle's website. If you're listening to the audio version, just shoot me a message at the link on dakotarustler.org, and I will email it back to you. In addition, if you haven't already subscribed to the show on any of the audio or video platforms, please do so. I would appreciate it very much. I'll soon be retiring from my regular job and would love to spread the ideals of freedom and self-autonomy throughout my retirement years. Excuse me. So let's move on to today's topic redrawing state lines due to the anti-freedom vote a year ago when the nation in grave error i would like to add voted to be subdued by dictators and socialism five more rural counties in oregon have voted to support efforts to leave that liberal state and become part of a more conservative idaho instead Even parts of Northern California want out of their state. Now bring that up a little later. So let's cut to the chalkboard. The five counties, Baker, Grant, Lake, Malher, and Sherman are the latest, meaning others have done so in the past, to back an idea put forth to Idaho lawmakers by a group called Move Oregon's Border for a Greater Idaho. The Greater Idaho Movement, as the organization also refers to itself, has been pushing a plan to move Idaho's border so that it encompasses more conservative counties in Oregon, Northern California, and even southeastern Washington, something that would create the nation's third largest state in size. While I've never been through Northern California, I've I have been through Eastern Oregon and Washington, and they certainly appear to be much more like Idaho than the population centers of their respective state's coastal regions. The Greater Idaho Organization writes on its website, quote, We promote the idea of creating a greater, bigger, and stronger Idaho so that conservative counties can become part of a red state, unquote. As they, and us, well know, President Biden easily won Washington, Oregon, and California last November, while President Donald Trump carried Idaho with 64% of the vote. There are also movements, or at least wishful and idealistic, idealistic thoughts, happening in western Minnesota to become part of the Dakotas, and western Maryland to become part of West Virginia. These votes do not actually determine whether a county can leave the state, but rather are intended to put pressure on lawmakers to at least discuss the concept. When the plan was presented to the Idaho legislature in April, 
However, both Democratic and Republican lawmakers expressed criticism or skepticism, which of course would be a normal reaction. Change rarely is greeted with a lot of enthusiasm, no matter where it happens. So let's get into why this is all happening. Simple answer, taxation, and in addition, legislation, without representation. Anyone who looks at voting results by counties throughout the U.S. can see clearly that the overwhelming majority of counties vote conservative. And I use that term loosely, and long-term listeners know why. While a few counties that vote liberal are pretty much heavily urbanized city counties, this in turn results in a simple correlation. The more urbanized the state is, the more liberal they vote. Or maybe I should say the more socialist they vote. On the other hand, the more rural a state, the more rural a county, the more conservative they vote. There are exceptions, of course. Utah has a high urbanization rate, but votes Republican, while Vermont, a more rural state, votes Democrat. For the most part, though, the aforementioned correlation holds true. New York, the most urbanized state, leans heavily liberal, and Wyoming, the least urbanized, leans heavily conservative, so much so that they are also the most conservative-leaning state. In my home state of South Dakota, we are the third most rural state and the fifth highest conservative leaning. And just a few notes before I continue. The study had Republican and Democrat leaning as being determined by results of the 2012 and 2016 elections, along with their state's respective party representation during those years. So let's get back to the case of Oregon. It has 4.2 million residents. Half of them live in just four highly urbanized counties out of 36. Add the next four most populated counties, and that number shoots all the way up to 75%. As a result, the populations, and hence political beliefs, of 28 counties are being almost completely controlled by just eight highly populated counties. What this does, in effect, what does it mean? In simple terms, legislation without representation. The same thing is happening throughout the United States as a whole. The urbanization of the country means that just a few highly populated states make it almost impossible for smaller states to have a say in the affairs of the nation. This is why I don't like federal one-size-fits-all solutions, or even state one-size-fits-all solutions. Legislation should almost always be as local as possible. The only time states or federal government should step in is when smaller governments are obviously defying constitutional rights. In addition, if you don't like your local government, it's far easier to move to another county that fits your beliefs than it is to move to another state, or even worse, another country. Will the situation get any better? Unlikely. Let's look at this urbanization chart. I'll describe it for those listening to audio, who, by the way, can find a video version at odyssey.com. Just search Dakota Rustler when there. As you can see, in 1900, only 20% of the population lived in urban areas, and in all likelihood, it held more urban political beliefs. 
to use Hillary's terminology, it takes a village. By 1990, that doubled to 40%. 10 years ago, just 20 years later, in 2010, that figure is 50%. As this, at this balance of population, one can arguably assume that the nation became equally divided. I think that's fairly obvious with all the tensions and strife we have today in the political world. People want to blame Trump. People want to blame Biden. But they're just projections of ourselves. Nine years from now, in 2030, the percentage of urbanization is expected to rise to 60%. And by 2050, all the way up to 70% urbanization. This means the rural population is screwed big time. So, one generation from now, you can pretty much count on this country being completely socialist unless, and at this point, I'll take a break and return in 50 seconds. If you enjoy grilling and cooking, Camp Bridger seasonings are for you. All four blends are salt-free and designed to enhance the flavor of food, not bury it. The popular four-pack can be purchased and shipped anywhere in the continental U.S. for around 33 bucks, depending on your state's sales tax rate. Visit our sponsor's website at CampBridger.com for more information. Anything Dakota Rustler related can be found at dakotarustler.org. There, you will find links to audio and video versions of the latest episodes. You can also support the show through purchase of merchandise, donations, or sponsorship. Sponsors will be recognized on air and or the website. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the show. Welcome back. Before I get into avoiding socialism, let's get to the pros and cons of redrawing state lines, and if it's even possible. Constitutionally, it is. Both states' legislatures and, well, both state legislators would have to improve a new borderline, and the U.S. Congress would also have to approve any agreement. As you can see, the odds are extremely slim. However, it has happened in the past to create new states. West Virginia was formed in 1861 when it separated from Confederate Virginia. Maine became a state in 1820 after voting to secede from Massachusetts. And Kentucky also broke off from Virginia to become the 15th state in 1792. When Kentucky split from Virginia, though, it was largely because people who lived there believed the state government was not doing enough to clear the land of Native Americans. So for any listeners that may live in a thoroughbred state, yes, you have some nasty immoral beginnings. North and South Dakota were once simply known as Dakota Territory, so it is possible, albeit a slim one. How is the whole concept being received right now by the state of Oregon? How hard would they be fighting to make it not happen? Most states don't like to lose their resources to their neighbors. Democratic Senator Michelle Stennett further noted that the minimum wage in Oregon, which is $11.25, is a whole $4 more than in Idaho, being that counties who flip would need to be agreeable to a pay cut for hourly workers. The president of the Greater Idaho Organization, meanwhile, is still confident that parts of Oregon truly won out of Oregon. 
McCarter, in a statement obtained by the Oregonian, stated, quote, If Oregon really believes in liberal values such as self-determination, the legislature won't hold our counties captive against our will. If we're allowed to vote for which government officials we want, we should be allowed to vote for which government we also want as well, unquote. Greater Idaho's efforts, however, are not entirely new. Counties in California have voiced support to establish the state of Jefferson, he once called the coast the Republic of the Pacific, which would also include counties from southern Oregon. Rural Oregonians must really hate their state. East wants to leave, South wants to leave. More recently, another bill introduced by Minnesota State Representative Jeremy Munson, who's a Republican, had proposed allowing Minnesota counties to request approval to be excluded from the state and possibly join South Dakota. Garrett, Allegheny, and Washington counties in western Maryland want to join the state of West Virginia, which aligns much more with their Republican beliefs. They believe their wants and wishes are being ignored by the heavily Democratic-leaning and highly urbanized blue state of Maryland. So again, I repeat, with so many people unhappy with their state's political situation, politics needs to be as local as possible. In the case of Greater Idaho, there is not a single well-defined issue that would be solved by secession. There are numerous reasons to secede according to the movement's website, which include American values, law and order, lower taxes, safety, a less regulated economy, and maybe most important, feeling represented in state government. In the case of Minnesota, State Representative Munson introduced a introduced a bill, HF 2243, that would allow Minnesota counties to secede from the state and join South Dakota. The legislation would start their process to allow Minnesota counties to join any neighboring state. Under the bill, a Minnesota county would be able to apply to the U.S. Congress to amend the state's boundaries. The new state would have to recognize the application as valid with a two-third vote from the county board, which would then need to be ratified by a two-third vote on the county ballot at the next state general election. Again, very slim odds, but not impossible. Quote, Minnesota becomes more politically polarized every year, and the metropolitans have shown us that rural Minnesotans are no longer represented by St. Paul. It's time to leave, unquote. Munson's website campaign stated. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem appeared to be in support of Munson's idea by retweeting his plan. Quote, in South Dakota, we roll out the red carpet for people who love personal responsibility and freedom, unquote, Noam tweeted. Remember the chart I showed earlier about how the country is going to be even far more urbanized a generation from now? How that will lead to a complete socialist country as, when, as urban areas tend to hold that belief in higher percentages than rural areas? I also gave an in less word to that situation, and it's this. If our country, the once and still arguably greatest country in history, suddenly realizes the evils of socialism before we end up making the complete transition, then maybe we get saved. We may be starting to see it today. 
Throwing money at problems isn't fixing them, it's making them worse and creating high inflation that we now have today. Demanding that every person is socially liable for the well-being of another instead of just themselves and their family is creating second-class citizens out of people who disagreed with the so-called majority. We are supposed to be a nation that protects the freedoms of all people, not just those that agree with a certain party's platform and ideals. We have a government that is slowly taking over private sector industries such as healthcare, college education, insurance, and more. As a result, the cost of each are rising year after year as rates, as rates get higher than general inflation rates. We aren't becoming a Bernie Sanders Sweden, which isn't what we should be anyway. We're becoming Maduro's Venezuela. The people in rural America are waking up. They don't want to be a part of it. They want to be realigned with states that hold their beliefs. City folks claim to be woke. What they are is culturally manipulated. Here in South Dakota, I wouldn't be surprised if Sioux Falls, one of the few Democrat bastions in the state, would prefer to be in Minnesota. A Democratic legislator in South Dakota is akin to a needle in a haystack. Should states realign? If one truly believes in proportional representation, representation without or taxation without representation, then the answer must be yes. I support it. On top of that, I support individuality even more. Government needs to get out of our lives and allow us to exercise our own solutions as for what is best for us. And with that, I complete another episode. You know the mantra, question authority, and always be free. Thank you for listening to the Dakota Rustler Show, a production of DL Root. All rights reserved by DL Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their shared partners. Unauthorized use is prohibited. This show is sponsored by Camp Bridger Seasonings. Visit our sponsor's website at campbridger.com for more information. 